the first day of school Happy pulled up to the school drive, right by the buses, in our limo. The kids all stopped and stared, craning their necks to see who was getting out. All eyes were on me as I walked into the school, wearing brand new clothes and shoes. Everybody whispered around me, I'd learned in my Catholic upbringing that wealth was not something to flaunt and took some drastic steps to hide what I had. I ran to the bathroom and tore holes in my clothes, I rubbed them in the dirt to try to make them look old and used. With my clothes in shambles, I walked into class and it seemed nobody knew I was the kid in the limo. My teacher was a beautiful woman with a friendly smile, Miss Fishman. She was kind but stern. She saw the holes in my clothes and immediately felt bad for me. I felt no need to correct her and took her sympathy gladly. Early on, I met a kid named Kenny. He was tall and slender, but what I liked most about him was his voice. He always spoke with great excitement. We had a lot in common. We both liked swimming and sports, so we joined the after-school sports clubs together, like soccer and baseball. And best of all, he didn't live very far from me. The first time I invited Kenny over after school he was thrilled to get to ride in the limo, you should ride in this all the time, he said. When we turned the corner past the gate at Woodmont towards the main house, Kenny's jaw fell to the floor. We went around to the front by the portcochere and looked out over the grounds and pool. Meanwhile, Kenny talked about all of it in that excited voice, of course, he knew about Woodmont, everybody did, but he'd never seen it up close. I showed Kenny all around the property, through the house, down to the basement, where the lower kitchens were. They were industrial kitchens, with stark white walls and wire baker racks all around. We hung out in the basement for a while and watched the cooks prepare the food. Sometimes they even made cookies and cakes, and we would get to sneak a taste. Mother Divine didn't want a little boy coming around without her knowing anything about him, so she insisted on a meeting with him. We went to the great hall and waited for her. She made us wait so she could make an entrance, down the grand staircase. You say peace, I told Kenny. Never hello. Sure, sure, he said. She descended the stairs, her heels clicking as she made her way. She was wearing a long dress and a mink stole wrapped around her shoulders. Peace, Mother Divine. He said, respectfully. Peace, she replied. I love your house, Kenny said. After that he was quiet and polite as she took him on a tour, this is the sunroom, and the dining room. He was in awe at all the right spots, letting her talk and show off the house. After that meeting, she declared he was worthy to be on the grounds and allowed me to invite him over often. One day, I brought him to the tennis courts. We can go down to the pool, but you have to keep your clothes on. I warned. We can wear swimming trunks, but don't take off your shirt. That's okay, he said. I don't mind. Kenny wasn't scared off by any of it, the drivers or the formality. He even liked going to the banquets. I didn't know it at the time, but having Kenny over was brewing some harsh feelings among the followers. Nobody else was allowed to talk to people who weren't in the movement. Everybody else, even the girls at the girls' quarters downtown, had to cut off ties with every friend and family member who was not in the faith. It wasn't long before Kenny ratted me out to Miss Fishman about my house. 
He told her I wasn't really poor, but I liked to look like I was so the other kids wouldn't pick on me. She understood, and as time went on, she learned that there were plenty of reasons for me to try to hide where I lived. I was made to feel like an outcast on many occasions, like at school dances. The rule at Woodmont was that I couldn't mix with other sexes, so I wasn't allowed to dance with the girls like the other kids. When Miss Fishman heard about this, she took it upon herself to be my dance partner. Together she and I won a dance contest at the school. There were plenty of other moments where I was reminded I was different from the other kids. I got very I would watch these displays of affection and remember how my mom would take me to tap classes and wait for me outside while I danced. I tried not to think about it. I couldn't watch the other kids with their emo miss I would run past them to the field and try to focus my attention on my games. I made a group of friends there, which included Kenny, and we called ourselves the Rat Pack. While we played, the other kids were cheered on by their parents on the sidelines. I had nobody. Unless you counted happy hiding under the bleachers or in the parking lot watching me. When the first Christmas at Woodmont rolled around, I didn't know what to expect. The followers truly believed that Father Divine was God, so Christmas was nothing to them. Just another day. Everybody told me leading up to the holiday that there would be no celebration and no gifts. They would say, gifts are strictly prohibited for everybody in the movement. When the first snow fell on the hills of the estate, I had my first surprise of the season. I'd never seen snow before, except the fake manufactured stuff at Disneyland. Happy let me in on a secret about this the real stuff. You can ride the snow, Master Tommy. He showed me to a shed on the property that was filled with sleds and toboggans. I grabbed one and climbed to the top of the hill at the back of the property. I jumped on it and sped down that hill, past the entrance to my cave, then to the right, then all the way down to the lower lake. I was enjoying the blanket of white that had covered the manor when I got an inkling that Christmas might be coming. I saw a giant Christmas tree being hauled up the driveway. It was the biggest tree I'd ever seen in my life. It was set up in the great room. With its steep soaring ceilings, the tree could have been over 15 feet tall. They put it in the corner of the main room and decorated it like something out of a store window, using a ladder to get all of the decorations on it. I was so excited, that every time I walked by, I would look underneath, wondering if I might get something after all. Christmas morning I woke up and had my breakfast in the upper kitchen with the rest of the followers and staff when somebody said, Hey, Tommy. Go look under the tree. A group of followers led me to the great hall. When I got there, I felt my heart lighten. There were presents. I ran to the tree and bent down to look through them, all wrapped beautifully. Every label had my name on it. At first, I was excited. But then I looked around and felt sad, nobody else had a present. The followers stood by watching me open the presents that nobody was supposed to have. I got a new fishing rod, and reels, guitar picks and a new guitar strap, and a pile of new clothes. Everything at Woodmont was bigger than in my old life. Bigger hills, bigger trees, bigger presents, yet everything was less. I rode down those big hills alone. I opened a mountain of presents by myself. I alone celebrated Christmas, among people who were forced to watch me.